Hey, I'm Dieter Bone. And I'm Neil Patel. We're the host of The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of Verge.com. And this week we are doing it on video live on Twitter because, you know, it's CES. It's Vegas. Yeah. We're doing it. We're going to check out a bunch of the stuff at the show, a bunch of tech. We're going to have a bunch of friends come in. We're doing it right after this. It's The Vergecast. Cut through the night. Everybody. Welcome back to the Vergecast live at TS 2017 on Twitter live streaming. I'm Neelai, that's Dieter. Hello, hello. We're on video, so the hype desk is back. Our friend Megan Fokinesh is sitting over there. Hey, Megan, how's it hey. going? Pretty good. Uh, got some good tweets to read today. I'm um, basically going to be reading more Twitter polls today. Right. If you guys have questions, tweet at The Verge, use the hashtag CS2017, and we'll talk. Yeah. yeah. You got a Twitter poll going already, or are you doing one later in the show? Oh, we've got one. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show, so look forward to it. All right. Bother Megan, hashtag CS2017. <laughs> Always bother Megan, hashtag. Bothering Megan is like my favorite part of CS2017, <laughs> i got to be honest with you. All right, we got to get right into it, Peter. Yeah, let's do headlines. headlines. Um, so I want to do a whole big section on self-driving cars, because it's one of the big things at CES, and this year is a big year for concept cars. Yeah. Um, and the first one I want to talk about is the Toyota Concept I. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's what it's called, the Concept it's I. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a great name. It's a concept. I, a little lowercase i, just FYI. Yeah, Apple gave up on the I branding, so Toyota's like, let's yep. slide in there. So let me tell you about this thing. It uh, it has an artificial intelligence in it mm -hmm. called Yui. Oh, boy. Yui. <laughs> um, and it wants to have a relationship with you. It don't, wants to all. <laughs> it, just, it wants to get up up close and personal. So it will watch how you drive and it will learn from how you drive. And uh, before I get more into Yui, I just want to point out it's on the screen now. And uh, the concept eye is adorable. It looks like a giant Tamagotchi. It really does. It's just like when was just the last time all you guys saw a Tamagotchi? I do not agree with that at all. I don't know. It's just like. This is the most concepty concept car that it ever did concept. It looks like a Twitter egg that's come well, to life. What's, what's interesting is Toyota's regular cars right now look super mean. Yeah. They look like they came out of the Matrix to eat you, and that one's right. really cute. So this one, it, it like displays text in random places on the inside and the outside of the car. That's really uh, right. It does all kinds of crazy stuff. So, okay, Yui, it has two modes. Guardian mode. Oh, boy where it, uh, you drive, but it watches how you drive and gives you little tips and like, protects you if you screw up and want to like, you know, drive into a pedestrian or something. Uh, and then it has chauffeur mode, which is the proper self-driving mode. And the idea is that it will you know, use machine learning to watch and learn how you do it in guardian mode, and then it can, you can switch over to chauffeur mode. It sounds like Bioshock. <laughs> the guardian <laughs> chauffeur. It sounds like a really good future buddy cop movie. Yeah. yeah. Guardian yeah. chauffeur. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the future when I mean, there's no that, yeah. humor left in the world, <laughs> and we just use extremely proper nouns and everything. Uh, so this is a big trend, right? Proper self-driving is really hard. There's yeah. a bunch of regulations. Right. We talk in the Vergecast all the time. Like, what if the robot kills somebody? Who's the liable? trolley problem? The trolley problem. Yeah, yeah. So look up the trolley problem. It's a Wikipedia hole that will make you uh, lose all faith in. And incredibly sad. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But assisted driving is a lot simpler, right? The car's right. just going to help you drive better. I mean, my car does that right now. Like, the, the steering wheel jiggles when I yeah. like, go in the lane, or it will break if I don't brake it soon uh, enough. Last night, NVIDIA had a keynote. Yeah. Uh, very long NVIDIA-style ramble of a keynote. NVIDIA always has a ramble of a keynote. But this year, they had the main keynote, and so the we thought they would, move. like, lock it up. Yeah. No. Just... Not at all. I mean, they went with a you-do-you philosophy of <laughs> being a big company. Uh, anyway, but change. their big thing, they're really into self-driving, too. They're yeah. going to mount cameras in the cars and look at you. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Gilson, our reporter there, said it, the camera will know if you've had too good of a time, which I thought I totally misread. Wait. He just meant if you've been drinking. So the camera will How look at you tell, and though? it can tell if you're drunk. How can it tell if you're drunk? I, you know, AI. No, <laughs> just whatever, whatever buzzwords are improved. A bunch like of NVIDIA engineers uh, started out as bartenders, and so they just have a lot of experience. <laughs> And then right. they use machine learning to code that experience into the self-driving right. car. There's a glassy eye algorithm. But I think the big question for the concept eye, for the NVIDIA stuff, mm -hmm. is if you have more cameras looking at you in the car, are you 
there's already devices where you plug them in your car right. and the insurance company will charge you less you drive safer, you drive more dangerously. Now you have a camera looking at you while you drive. You have the car saying, don't do this, yeah. you might do it anyway. There's a lot. There's more privacy stuff around assisted driving than I think we're giving anyone credit so, for. But there's another car company that's basically doing the same thing, watching yeah. you drive, right? Yeah, oh, Honda has a car too, right. oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, you have a Honda that watches you drive. Yeah, right. This new car from Honda is the electric urban vehicle. It's the new electric urban vehicle. <sighs> Which means it's, it's, it's pronounced the new V, oh. uh, which makes me personally want to die. Uh, this one is much more of the ride sharing. You'll have a fleet of them in a basement oh, man, look at all through thing. cities. It looks insane. It looks insane. Uh, it looks like they were like, you know, Scion's over. What if we just call Maximum Scion? Yeah. It's a little uh, two-seater. It's a little two-seater. It's got a steering wheel, but you're normally not supposed to use it. The whole dash is a screen. Right. It's supposed to like basically be a car for ride sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, it has inductive charging, so when you're done, you send it back. And like wirelessly charges the concept, all, all yeah. the fun concept stuff. It comes with an electric skateboard. What? So when you arrive at your destination in your ridiculous <laughs> Honda, you can then sort of like roll away, and everyone can think to themselves, the Glad future is terrible. Guy. You shoot out the back, right? You shoot at the yeah, back. Yeah, you just shoot, way. it just yeah. launches you from the seat. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing so it also has an AI that helps you drive. Uh -huh. It's from SoftBank. Uh huh. It's called. The Emotion Engine, no. uh, which is very confusing, no. especially because Sony's used that branding before for their TVs and, and PlayStation stuff. So the Emotion Engine isn't the engine because it's a motor because it's electric. Yeah, it's it's, is it's it powered by AI. emotions. Are my feelings yeah, like, generating it, yeah, energy? Like it, it reads your emotions and helps you drive better. I think that's actually the name of the new Carly Rae Jepsen album. I'm not kidding. Emotion. Oh, that actually would be great if that was like the remix listen, record for I emotions. The hell out of that. It's like the super EDM Carly Rae Jepsen album. Uh, I, I don't know, two concepts from two big car makers. Yeah. They're both looking towards the future. Well, but then there's other stuff happening here too. That's right. Real. Right. Well, so the real thing is Ford is officially, officially the first car maker with the official Amazon Alexa integration. Yeah. So uh, later this month, you will be able to talk to Alexas and control stuff in your Ford car. So you'll be able to open the locks or start the car if it's freezing out. And so they're just flashing this onto the Ford car. I guess, right? yeah. So they're just putting the software there. Right. Because I know people who have taken Echo Dots. Well, so that's coming this summer. Okay. This summer, in, inside the Ford car, you will be able to talk to Alexa and do Alexa stuff oh, in so, the so car. Oh, so the first one is you talk to so the Echo in your house. The first stage is in the house, you ask the, the Dot or the Echo to do stuff, and then Alexa sends a command over to your car. Second stage is they're actually putting Alexa into the car, and Alexa going into things is like the big theme of the show. Right. Right. But so I know people have like taken Echo Dot, because uh -huh. that's a USB device. Uh -huh. So you like plug it into the car port, and you plug no. the aux into the aux, and you like ask that, Apple to play music, mm, and you have a Wi-Fi hotspot. It, it's true. Bad. I know at you least. You have to have a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah. You have to, and then you have to plug the thing in. You have to figure out, find the plug. Okay, I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like those are all things you. Those are all things that right. some cars have. Uh, but here's, I think, the big danger here for Ford uh -huh. is most voice assistants, CarPlay, Android Auto, and they still they support CarPlay, Android Auto. Right. When you push them, what you're doing is you're getting another interface to your phone. If you're Google, you have Google Maps. If you're Apple, you have Apple Maps. Right. You have you can make phone calls. Well, no, that, that that's the thing is. Um, with Google and Apple and CarPlay and Android Auto, like they know they know my stuff, they know my contacts, they get my texts. Alexa doesn't have any of that, so like, how are they going to square that? Am I going to have to give Alexa access to all that? That's going to be like you need to talk to the phone to be a successful car assistant. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my car, the first push of the voice assistant is like the bad garbage car assistant. Right. And if you hold it down, you get it activates the... Siri on my phone. Right. So they do that, and Alexa is just the first cut, and it's like helping you do a bunch of stuff in the car. Right. Ah, it could work. All right, well, we got one more piece of news, got, I think. So this yeah. one, I, like, I love this piece of news. Uh, T-Mobile had an event today, uh, classic T-Mobile event. John Ledger on stage he doing swore. shots, swearing, yelling yeah, at everyone. Yeah, everybody's the worst except for him. He took out an AT&T logo and just burned it with a lighter. <laughs> uh, he didn't do that. He, should, it's like, he it's, would totally do it's that. It's so possible. Uh, but they did some rate plan stuff, which is really cool. I, I actually commend T-Mobile for being more transparent. Oh, with they, they brought back net neutrality? They didn't. Okay. I do not commend T-Mobile for that position. But they are now putting the taxes and fees right into the advertised price. No one does this. Oh, yeah, that's So it's good. more transparent. Okay. They're doing a thing where if you don't use all your data, yeah. they give you credit. Sure. Uh, nice. Uh, but the more interesting thing is our reporter, East reporter Chris Welch of The Verge, yeah. who tweeted yesterday that he is your traffic OG and will be respected as such. And I so am super good. into that tweet. Uh, he stood up at the Q&A and said, hey, John Ledger, are you going to buy Sprint now that the regulatory environment in the United States is a little bit more open to business? Ledger answered. Check it out. Yeah. The rumors that SoftBank wants to 
try yeah. again okay. to merge with T-Mobile US. Can, can you just say whether T-Mobile US yeah. is open to a deal with any of its competitors, let, or let, do you think it's important to maintain the full yeah, let, system? Let's, let's list what we know. In the future of the structure of the industry, there are a number of people that think, well, it may make sense from a scale standpoint to consider the coming together of T-Mobile and Sprint, or Sprint may be acquired by a cable player as a way that they you know, come in. What I've, what I've always been clear about for T-Mobile is we will focus the company on organic and inorganic growth, and there are multiple, multiple ways for us to continue to increase shareholder value. I gotta say, that is the most corporate I've ever heard John Ledger sound. Like, I mean, he has a history of like, he, he used to be like, like deep in the telecom, like corporate yeah. world, and then he turned into a crazy person. Yeah. But like, well, like that was a throwback of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna parse some language, and, but he sounded like super reasonable there. He's like, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I, I think his directness is his directness. Yeah. The fact that he's not throwing bombs is he's saying, hey, maybe we'll buy Sprint. He's, yeah. gotta, he's gotta tread a little carefully. Right. Uh, it's interesting, you know, obviously AT&T tried to buy T-Mobile once before, that got knocked down by the Obama administration. Yeah. Uh, AT&T currently trying to buy Time Warner, mm. seems like, trying to buy, who knows what's going to yeah. happen. There's been big, big moves. Yeah. Yahoo keeps buying uh, defunct internet giants, <laughs> or uh, uh, sorry, Verizon keeps yeah, buying defunct internet saying. giants okay. like Yahoo and AOL. Um, I think Sprint's dying, right? Like one yeah. of the things Ledger said was Sprint's like an exploding plan, right. plane, said one of the things. Yeah. Uh, if they're going to fall apart, you might as well let T-Mobile, which seems like a much better run yeah, company, I mean, the context of his make answer, a real competitor to the big right. giants. The context of his answer is like he's expecting there to be a bunch of big changes in the telecom industry broadly yeah. in the next year. And I, I think he's fundamentally right. Yeah. Uh, but we'll keep an eye out for that. But right now, uh, Paul and Ashley were at uh, Pepcom, and yeah. another one of these satellite events around CES. And they went and played with some gadgets. Paul so really let's see it. what they saw. Ashley, where are we at? We are at Pepcom. Pepcom made it. The, the, the digital experience, as I like to call it. It's a lot of quality stuff here, I would say. Everything I tried worked, which is wild. But there's one star of the show. There is definitely a star. And it's this chair. This is a quality situation right now. I would say, I would say quality. All right, Paul. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go standing up. All right. Bye bye. Let's see. Completely I don't know safe. what's gonna happen. You have never in your life been safer. I would really? say. Really? I don't believe that. Actually, I feel like my apartment's really safe. All right, we're going to stand. It's going up. Push it forward. All right, Paul. <laughs> I'm free. See ya. I'm gonna be so productive. Bye. I got some blog posts to write. Did it really do it for you? It like just hit it home. Boom. I think it's it was there. a good show. Everybody no, it was actually nice. was a good show. And everything worked. What <laughs> more could you want? Like, honestly. Like, good, good job. And we're back, and uh, we have Paul Miller, and you don't, you don't look like Ashley. No, unfortunately, I did not have the fun experience of <laughs> sitting in some type of reclining, you know, computer desk. That thing looked yeah. amazing. That looked Ashley amazing. Looked amazing. Ashley looks the happiest. Yeah. That's always yeah, been the dream. Reality, just as good as the dream. Yeah? No. <laughs> you have to get one of these in their new office for you? They're, like, relatively affordable. What do you think I of these like little that. small satellite events at CES, where you like get to go and be really up close with the stuff instead of in a yeah. huge conference hall? I, I, it makes sense why they do it. It's yeah. just it eats up your whole evening while you're at the show, and it keeps you away from, you know, we're going to another one tonight. Right. There's like three in a row. We don't get to spend as much time at the literal convention center because we're popping around. Right. But this was a good one. There was a lot of good companies. Everybody was nice. Almost everything worked, which mm -hmm. was astonishing. Yeah. That's great. And everything works. <laughs> like, people brought their A game to, to Pepcom. Okay. There it is. There uh, is. Speaking of things that work, we don't have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Lauren's here because you have been running around looking at a bunch of yeah. Alexa stuff, I'll show. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. We're gonna have a lot more from Lauren on that, but this is Lenovo's take on the Echo, basically. That's right. In fact, uh, it looks so much like the Echo that when I was writing about it, I wrote Lenovo Echo and yeah. had to like... What's this actually? It's actually called the Smart Assistant. Of course. Okay. Yes. And, and it, it's, a kind of, it's kind of far, should I grab just, it? Yes. It's like, I'm like, Alexa, come to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the new Lenovo Smart Assistant. I think it's Lenovo's first speaker. I don't know if Lenovo, I mean, obviously the biggest yeah. PC maker in the world, they made this speaker. And it works just like an Echo. So yeah. it has Alexa built into it. And okay. anything that you would ask Alexa on your Echo, 
um, you can ask this. So you can say, like, read me the news, play me some music, set a timer, which is what I use my Echo for 90% of the time. Right. Um, yeah, and but they did do something a little bit different with it. First of all, the colors are different. You can see that. Its price is lower. It's The base model is $130, so you're already coming in lower okay. than the Echo. But they're making a Harman Kardon version, too, with better speakers. That one costs $180, but one of the biggest knocks on these like smart assistant speakers, like the Echo and to some extent the Google Home, is that, been that the, their speakers and the speakers aren't that good. Right. right. So this, you know, if you get the Harman Kardon version of this, then presumably you're going to get a little bit better so, audio quality. I mean, it looks fine, I guess. Like, a little, it looks a little bit fine. like a cigarette butt. Yeah. Like, I've like seen a, like so, a number of people have told me it looks like a cigarette butt. Like I will say this volume <laughs> spinner isn't as nice as the Echoes. The Echoes, well, like, this is a prototype. It's I mean, a prototype. Like, yeah, they'll get there. I just realized yeah. this. It's the exact compromise between Google Home and Amazon yeah, in terms Echo. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? It's yeah. got the cloth bottom. Yeah. Right. So here's my question. Why did Lenovo make this? Why didn't Amazon? I mean, if the big knock on the Echo is the speakers aren't very good. Why do they have to go to Lenovo and say, put better speakers? Has Amazon ever made a good speaker? Well, no, I think they've only made the one. Well, so like the answer is no. speakers. Yeah, and then they the make second yeah. one is Amazon basics. Dot, which is even yeah. Well, the, the dot right? doesn't count, but like the like tap is like a, a not a good speaker. The Echo yeah. is not a good speaker. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is that Amazon has made it really easy uh, for a lot of other hardware manufacturers to do Alexa stuff. You can do it a couple different ways. I mean, based on the people I've talked to, they say you can either just make a skill, which means you're just doing some software stuff, but then if someone happens to have an Echo or an Echo Dot in the home, they can access your skill, right? So like Whirlpool, for example, you can do something with Whirlpool appliances and with Alexa now, but you have to have an Echo Dot in the home. But then you can also just build Alexa, or excuse me, Amazon voice services directly into your own product. And right. Am Amazon has just made that possible. Right. So, so that's what Lenovo did. They yeah, right. they just took you know, Amazon's kit for these voice services and they built it into this thing. Huh. So what's interesting to me is like Lenovo, you said the world's biggest PC manufacturer. Yep. Usually they take Windows, they take an Intel reference platform, they screw with it, they load a bunch of their own software onto Windows and now it's a Lenovo product in their own design. Uh, they take Android, when you know, they, I said they still make a bunch of phones overseas. Take Android, they load a bunch of their own software onto it and now it's a Lenovo product. You can't do that with Alexa. Right, it is just kind of an echo. There's no differentiation here for their like. Yes, this is true. This is true. Like, it's not like you would say, you know, what's the weather today? And it's going to be like, you should buy a yoga book. I think. Um, <laughs> you know. if we did that like yeah. one out of ten times. Have you seen the new Carbon X One ThinkPad? Yeah, it's like your um, laptop sucks. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, just so it's, you get, in the like night. they get like skin it like that, but you are required to use the Lenovo mobile app to activate this. Mm. So I guess they get you in that yeah, way. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, mean, I guess Amazon's deal is like they just want to be dominant before Google gets real, before Apple enters the market, right? Like, isn't that their move? Like, they just want all the stuff at every price point? Yes, and they're coming at it from the exact inverse position of what Apple and Google did. Like, Apple and Google started their artificial intelligent assistance uh, mobile, and then they eventually made their way into the home. It's been a particularly slow rollout for Apple in the home. Amazon started in the home, and now they're trying to figure out how do we get this in as many places as possible, and how do we get people to take this on the go? So, Paul, yeah, you got any gadgets for us later? Give us, give us a tease. One, oh, one small man. tease. There's gonna, be, there's gonna be hugs. Uh huh. Hugs. Hugs. <laughs> there's gonna be typing. Uh huh. I don't want to give it all away. That's why you guys stick <laughs> around. You guys stick around for, for Super Breakers. Please. Hugs in typing. There's no more compelling That's basically my job description. Paul, would you right, buy this? No. I, uh, no. <laughs> I, I think Amazon is due. I mean, I love that they're sharing, but they're due for another, uh, like, a hardware revision. The Echo's getting a little old. But also, like, I'm, I'm going to go to Target next week, buy some shoes, and they'll happen to have Alexa in them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is getting Alexa. Well, so I could just can, I could wait. Talking about, there's rumors that the next Amazon one will have a screen. Like yeah, that's, yeah. I've, I've seen that. I think Wall Street Journal said that. So who knows? But they're due for an upgrade. Yeah. And everybody's beating them because it's so easy to just make better sound. Well, stay tuned for hugs, uh, hugs Alexa power shoes <laughs> after the break. And we're back. Uh, if you watched the show yesterday, you've been watching the coverage on The Verge, you know that Ben Popper is having <laughs> the, the time of his life <laughs> at this show. Uh, he's just going on adventure after adventure. Every year at CS, there's a bit of a drone rodeo out in the desert where they can fly the things. Ben flew one that goes 100 miles an hour. Check it out. Hey, everybody. It's Ben Popper here for CES 2017. I'm not actually at CES. I'm in the desert near Boulder City. 
just outside the restricted airspace for Las Vegas. That's because we're here for the CES of drones, a place where everybody can fly these aircraft without having to worry about cutting somebody's nose off. And the exciting thing today is we get to try out the Draco. In the past, when you wanted to have a racing drone, you had to build it yourself. You had to know how to program and how to solder. This is the first racing drone you could just buy off the shelf and go 100 miles an hour. What are the pieces that make this a racing drone and you know differentiate it from like the DJI Phantom that everybody knows? It's basically like trying to compare like a Ferrari to just like a general minivan or something like that. <laughs> like it's the, in terms of like the general idea is the same, but everything is just more powerful. Right. Well, obviously you got four motors, four props on this. Required to fly. You've also got a camera up the front here. So this is the HD version of the Draco. So this actually streams 720p with almost zero latency. So this system is very fast and that's required for racing. So you have to be able to dodge gates, dodge whatever you're flying around. So, you know, I've flown a lot of drones doing reviews, but these are, you know, camera quads for consumers. I feel like I would have no idea how to handle something that goes 100 miles an hour. I mean, is, is it safe to like put this on the shelf at Best Buy where anybody can grab it? Yeah, I, I would say the, the nice thing about them is that you can t tone them down so that if you're just learning, you can go beginner settings and that kind of lowers it down. So you won't be able to go 100 miles per hour, maybe you can go like 30, kind of around the backyard. If you break something or if something is wrong, everything is modular on this device in some shape or form. If you break a motor, arm, pop that out, all the electronics internally well protected, So, but if you still manage to break it, replaceable. I mean, I've flown a many, many drones, but not a drone that goes 100 miles an hour and is full manual. And it's different when you have like the FPV on because like you're, you don't have that situational awareness. So many ways this could go wrong for me or for the people around me. <laughs> okay, so they brought me out here where I'm far away and maybe can't hurt anybody. And I'm gonna do my best to uh, fly this race drone, not crash or kill myself. Should be fun. All right, here we go. You ready? Ugh. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, too far. Okay. How's that? Better? Am I coming down? You just hit the ground. Oh, shit. Why? Let's go see what's left of this drone. They were gonna break it down for parts anyway. I was just helping disassemble it. Oh man. Sorry about that little guy. You're still in one piece. Hey, and we're back. Yeah. And guess who's here? The pop himself. Drone guy. Can we ben call Popper. you the pop? We should sure. not call you the pop. It's <laughs> my hashtag. Uh, so Ben, drones are kind of your beat. Yeah. You've been covering a lot of drones at CES. Yeah. I love drones. <laughs> I'm that nerd right. who loves drones, but you are just constantly telling me that this bubble's gonna pop. What, what's going on? It just feels crazy this year. I mean, the amount of space on the show floor that's dedicated to drones and the crazy stuff that they're doing. I was supposed to go swimming in a tank with a fishing drone and a mermaid, and I showed up last night and they had built a tank and it like burst and exploded <laughs> and they were like vacuuming the water frantically <laughs> off the floor of their booth and it just feels like it's like I was like just it's that's too much metaphor. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like I think the whole thing is about to kind of burst like that. Just feel like there's so many companies and there's no differentiation, you know? It's just like a million brands I've never heard of all doing new stuff with a device that's kind of dangerous inherently. Yeah. But you're saying DJI is just kind of the winner, right? Like that's that's what's happening in this world. Yeah, I talked to Chris Anderson, you know, he used to be editor of Wired and then he started 3D Robotics and he said, you know, we knew it would be DIY, then consumer, then commercial, but we didn't know that consumer would be winner take all. And that's what it feels like it is right now. It's just winner take all where DJI is just getting farther and farther ahead. I mean, the interesting opportunities are like, when I was at the drone rodeo, there's a company that's building a out of the box racing drone. Before you had to know how to solder and program, now you can go to Best Buy and get a drone that goes 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Whether or not it's you a, crashed immediately. <laughs> I want to point out, I, so it was like watching this edit of the package we were going on. I was like, man, I wish we had more of the drone flying. And Tom, our director, was like, well, one, the drone goes 100 miles an hour, so it's really hard to shoot. Two, uh, Ben crash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've flown a lot of drones. Is it a good thing if a 12 year old can go into Best yeah. Buy and buy this drone? I would say probably not. But you know, those interesting little niche products, the racing drone, I play with the Dobby Pocket drone, which is like real small, real cheap. I don't think DJI is going to go there. And it was cool. You throw it in the air. 
and it does computer you know, facial recognition and yeah. like follows you. So I think there's some stuff that is interesting on the periphery of not being that $1,000 camera drone. So what should, we, what should we look for next? What's gonna be the next turn of the screw drones? Oh man, I mean I do think that because this computer vision stuff is becoming so commoditized, a lot of people are building really interesting small pocket drones. And I think the selfie drone is kind of more interesting because it's cheap and right. it like, makes sense to anybody. You know? I love drones, I'm yeah. gonna buy them all. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we got more Vergecast coming up right after this. Hey, and we're back. Earlier we talked a lot about self-driving cars and a lot of the concepts that were new here, but like understanding what's going on with self-driving cars at CES can be a lot of work. So we put together this package to explain it to you. So CES is becoming the car electronic show. The sheer number of car makers here is mind-boggling. Just a few years ago, Ford was making news as the first automaker to appear at CES, but now we have an entire convention hall filled with cars. There are two big trends to watch for this year. First up is self-driving cars. Automakers are spending billions to develop autonomous technology, and companies like Google and Uber are joining them. Hundreds or even thousands of self-driving cars will hit the streets for testing this year, and companies are eager to show off the hardware that could hit dealer showrooms in as little as four or five years. Self-driving cars could be the biggest and most important advancement of the next 20 years. They have the potential to save tens of thousands of lives from car accidents. Little else at CES can make that claim. The other trend will be connected cars, pulling information from everywhere. Your self-driving car will know everything from when to brake because of upcoming traffic to where patches of black ice are on the road, all thanks to information automatically provided by other cars. And thanks to smart cities, your car will know when the traffic light will turn green or what roads to avoid because of congestion or construction. Oh, and expect always-on data connections to become commonplace. How else will you stream Netflix and Hulu while your car drives itself? Last year, GM introduced the first affordable long-range electric car, the Chevy Bolt, and we gave it our Best in Show award. Will a car beat out the TVs and tablets and steal the show again this year? And we're back, and we have a special guest here, Bridget Carlin, who's the managing director of the Internet of Things at Intel, is here joining us. How are you doing? Good. Excited to be here, as always. Yeah, so tell us, Intel's doing a ton of stuff at the show. I don't want you to give us the full rundown, but just give us sort of the lay of the land. I mean, CES is always a terrific show. Um, we've got everything from our new VR technology where we demonstrated for the first time live. We streamed an NCAA basketball game um, using our VR technology over an Oculus Rift headset. So that was super cool. Um, all the way to our exciting news around automated driving and our Go platform. Yeah, so the Go platform that's is the, the big, yeah, yeah. That's, that's your big push here. Yeah. There's like a 5G modem involved into it. Kind of unpack that for us. Exactly, so when you think about automated driving, and mm -hmm. there's all various levels of automated driving. Um, essentially, you ha you, you've got three critical areas to automated driving. You've got the car, mm -hmm. you've got the connectivity, and you have the cloud. So Intel announced our Go Automotive platform solution that includes technologies across all those three critical areas, the three C's of automated driving, you know, car, connectivity, cloud. So in our Go Automotive solution, we have an in-vehicle compute platform for development, which is really key so in terms of the processing speed and so forth that happens in the vehicle. Um, we announced um, a 5G um, automotive connectivity platform for the high speed, low latency requirements for the connectivity. And then we included in that, we announced um, an, our Go Automotive SDK, which has all the different tools you need for machine learning, deep learning, so sample applications, that operating that kind of thing. system layer? Or are you operating system agnostic or neutral? Or are you actually trying to build an OS for the vendors? Um, it's, it's uh, God, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. I, I, we're not trying to build an OS. We're trying yeah. to create the platform uh, because all the different technologies that are going to be operating in the vehicle, we want to have a consistent platform for things to integrate into. Right. So, so are you looking to, to sell this, like partner and sell this thing to like giant automakers? Is this like little indie devs? I want to make a self-driving car because I'm bored <laughs> on the weekends. Like, that's uh, like, like Who is this for? Yeah, right. Who is this yeah. for? So the Intel Go automotive solutions are, are really for all of the above. It's okay. for the developers, it's for the technology providers, it's for the car makers, right? Because you can think of the different types of technologies and the different scenarios uh, automated vehicles are gonna go into, whether it's you know the content inside the car um, that's streaming for mm -hmm. you know entertainment or whether it's the functions in the vehicle itself. So the development platform is going to appeal to the entire automotive community from, again, technology providers to um, the car makers themselves. So when I think about connected car, right, the, the line everyone uses, 
and I hate to even say this, the car <laughs> is the ultimate mobile device, oh, right? Oh, God. Beat me to it. It's there. <laughs> it's just sitting there, and we all have to deal with it as together as a family. Uh, but Actually, we should commend you for not saying the word millennial. So. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Soon. Millennials love mobile devices. Uh, look, we got all that. But obviously Intel had a big shift happen without it, right, in mobile, and you had the ARM process trick off. You're talking yeah. now about we're going to build modems and cars, we're going to build a compute platform, we're going to do services. Do you think this market is big enough? Is there enough richness there, even as there's so many other players coming out Right at this show, there's tons of other solutions for cars. Yep. Yeah. Do you think Intel can get in there and, and, and make a splash the way that it kind of wasn't able to in, in traditional Well, mobile? I'll tell you, we are really excited. We can't you know, overstate our excitement about automated driving. It is a huge market, it's a huge opportunity, and it's really gonna allow Intel to shine in terms of the technologies. Uh, and, you know, when you think about the car and all the, the processing that's gonna have to happen in the vehicle, you're gonna need high performance, efficient processing. Mm -hmm. And we have proven our, our capability and leadership in that for, for years. Um, the other thing in terms of high-speed connectivity, this is another area where Intel leads. And by you know, announcing the 5G modem, the first global 5G modem today at the show is another example of that. The other thing is that in addition to the compute that happens in the car, the machine learning and the retraining and all those things that really you know, deliver the self-driving experience happens in the cloud. Mm -hmm. And we have something like a 97% share in the data center where all that processing is happening with our high-performance compute and our Xeon processors. So we really feel like we have, uh, we're, we sort of uniquely bring all the technologies from the card, the connectivity, the cloud that's going to make this vision a reality. All right, Bridget Carlin is Managing Director of uh, Internet Things at Intel. We're talking about smart cars. We should look but at Sean O'Kane yeah. went and played a super fast electric car. Let's look at that now. It's the Lucid prototype. Hey, it's Andy here at The Verge. We're here with Lucid Motors checking out their new air prototype electric vehicle. They hope to beat Tesla at their own game, and what better way to do it than by hiring a lot of their old engineers. So we're going to go check it out and see how it works. pickup on this car is really quite impressive. When you accelerated before, I felt myself being pressed back into my seat in a really kind of tactile way. Lucid Motors is a small electric car startup based in Los Angeles, California. It's among the latest in a wave of electric car startups to spring up with sleek, dynamic, attractive sports car models. A couple months ago, they released their first production car, the Air. Lucid thinks that the Air could be a Tesla killer, and they should know. The company's chief technology officer, Peter Rawlinson, is the former lead engineer on the Model S. Lucid joins Karma, Next EV, and Faraday Future in their quest to steal some of Tesla's shine. As a result, the electric horsepower wars are heating up, and Lucid is a contender with its claim that the car will make 1,000 horsepower and race from 0 to 60 miles per hour in less than three seconds. And boy, was it fast. We took it for a spin down the Las Vegas Strip during CES, and suffice to say, this car can cook. It flew down straightaways and blazed around corners with torque to burn. A few times, I almost ended up in Peter Rawlinson's lap. The air is super roomy. Lucid says that was part of their goal, to make a larger-than-normal interior to put the driver at ease. Unlike their competitors, like Faraday Future, Lucid seems more grounded in reality, steering clear of making lavish promises about the future of mobility and how they're going to transform transportation. They just want to sell a car, and fortunately for them, it seems like they have a real winner on their hands. It was a sweet ride, and I can't wait to take another spin. Oh my god, that was Andy Hawkins. Sean O'Kane took the photos. Yeah. The photos are great. Go read that post on the site. Check it out. That car's amazing. The car's nuts. Andy's great. That was yeah. a great package. But, whatever. Uh, Cars are whatever. Twitter's the future. <laughs> Megan, future. what on earth is happening uh, hey, on Twitter right now? Hey, I about the Twitter poll we put up this morning. Um, so we asked you guys what kind of wearable you would actually wear. Um, we had activity tracker, smart clothing, smartwatch, health monitor. Overwhelmingly, people said smartwatch. Really? Yeah, I mean, not what I would expect. Really, I think no. I think that's that's what that's what I chose. So, <laughs> wait, um, you voted in a poll? Biased. I always Biased. vote in a poll. You don't? On the scale. I believe in democracy. I believe. In Everybody gets a vote. Everybody gets a vote. Uh, Speaking of which, we have another poll today that we're going to uh, release soon. Um, so we want to know what will win in the end, CES 2017, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, or actual reality. Oh, my so God. let us know. Pick actual reality. Yeah. There's also, we also, there's also, I think, merged reality. 
but we're, that's not on the poll. You can only choose from those. We're not going to talk about no. merged reality because no. I think that's really stupid. It's I will say the Vergecast in the past has featured uh, an hour-long argument about whether it should be called 360 video, spherical video, or virtual reality. Yeah. Uh, no one knows the answer to that question. <laughs> I picked spherical video. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, so, that's it. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. There it is. Hey, oh, we're back. You're taking this one? Sure. <laughs> Scene stealer. We're what? back. What do you want? We're Let's back. Let's just do some headlines. Okay. Let's each other about laptops. Fine. Uh, so we need to talk about gaming PCs. Because oh, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> what? This is the segment where I crawl under my desk. Excuse me. Don't you love gaming PCs? I do. Yeah. I, I, it's these particularly that like... Where it, <sighs> it's like they're the ones that... Well, we should get into it. But it's yeah. gaming PCs are the fish that live under the ocean at the deepest depths. Right. And they've evolved... In so, a different direction than the rest of the ecosystem? The news is that uh, both Samsung and Lenovo want a piece of that sweet, sweet dip, deep sea fish action. Yeah. And they have created uh, gaming laptop lines yeah. that look uh, ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Uh, so Samsung's gaming lineup is called Odyssey. There's a 15-inch in February and then a 17-inch just monster in April. Um, and they kind of look... Bad. They I'm look gonna, like low rent. You guys want some razors. like yeah. behind the scenes? <laughs> My bullet point here, I'm pretty sure our friend Ross Miller wrote this bullet point. All it says about this laptop is look awful, design rejects. <laughs> uh, they, they don't look good. I don't There's, think it's that they look awful, it's just they look like stereotypical gaming laptops, right? They like look, what you think like a gamer would yes. use. It looks like you should be like DJing in your basement while you play yeah. like Dota or something. Samsung's has like chrome surrounds around the uh, the trackpad, and yes. there's like LED. And it's like, there's a part of me that like really respects that, right? Like maybe every time I use my touchpad, it should be a disco. So here's what I'll say. I will grant that it, you can make a completely insane, ostentatious, light up, multicolored, bonkers gaming laptop, and it's cool or it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I will grant that. But if you make one of those badly, yeah. You've just, you cannot come back. Well, so I, I think the, so, the flip yeah. side of this is Razer, for example. Razer. So Razer put out like a three display. Yes, it's called Project Valerie. Oh, we're, we're jumping ahead. We'll it's get to fine. Razer. No, no, we can just do it. It's called Project Valerie. It weighs 12 pounds. Yeah. Um, but the thing, like, it under its own power, it, you flip it open and. Yeah. And you have a massive giant and this screen. Is a, this is a concept that we've seen at CS for years and years and years. Yeah. And so I, the point that all of our team is making. Uh, is it's great to make gaming laptops. It's yep. great to make gaming routers. Every year at CS, we like, find the silliest looking router. Yeah. But this stereotypical. Yeah, here's, here it is expanding yeah, out. I mean, that's just, thing. that's awesome. Yeah, so I think <laughs> Razer kind of like does it right. If there's a yeah. way to do this thing right, to make the craziest, ostentatious, wild laptop, right. Razer traditionally is, yeah. they're the ones who are unchained, but they have like a design sensibility. Their products feel really good. Mm -hmm. Samsung and Lenovo. Yeah, Lenovo is also like, here with the, they're calling it the Legion line, which is yeah. they just picked the name. Yeah, Legion. They okay. just went for it. It's a cool gaming name, guys. Yeah, yeah, Legion. Yeah. I, every time we talk about this, I think about you, you at Polygon for the longest time. And I'm like, we're just killing Megan right now. Uh, so are you? You know, a PC what, you know they're going to make a, they're going to make a really thin version of the Legion. So you play a little uh, bit of PC games. Would you ever get a straight up gaming laptop? No, because if I'm going to actually invest in a PC thing, I want, like, a PC setup. Like, I have a laptop. I use it because I have to, like, go places, and right. I need a quick, easy thing. I don't want to take that to, like, a coffee shop. What am I going to do with that? Yeah. I'm trying to work, and it's, like, blinding people with its rainbows. Dude, you're going to play games. <laughs> uh, our first year at CS, the first year The Verge ever came to CS, Addie Robertson, our great VR reporter, brought a gaming laptop and a netbook, and neither one of those things was Works. the right device to have here. Uh, Vlad wrote a great piece for us yep. uh, that you should definitely go read. Um, basically, this is our own fault. Like yeah, It's, it's like them. supply and demand is broken. Yeah. Like If you want a gaming laptop, you have to buy one that looks like this. So all of these companies are convinced that this is the thing people want. But yeah. it, it's like you don't have another choice. Yeah. So I think PCs are really interesting again. Yeah. Can I make my dad joke before yeah, you get there? Please. So please. Lenovo has the wanted. Legion line. And what I want them to do is fix it and make the next one have it make it really, really thin and just make it sick as hell. Yeah. And then it could be the Legionnaire's disease. Oh, Dieter, stop it. See, I'm sorry. It's not a, stop it's right it. There. We were just. I asked permission. Well, the show's you gave over, me permission. Uh, so, speaking of PCs being super interesting again, yes. uh, Dell put out a bunch of laptops. Uh, the 
5850, or the, I'm sorry, the XPS is first is what we got. Yes. It's got a 5.2 millimeter border. Yep. It's the smallest 13-inch laptop in the world. Uh, of course, of course, compromised on ports. So it's only has USB Type-C. Yeah. One of them is Thunderbolt 3 that can charge and power 2K4 monitors. Comes with a little adapter in the box. Little little yeah, shot good. at Apple there. It doesn't yeah. give you the adapter. Uh, it's got a micro SD slot, no full SD slot. Shipping later this month at yep. just $1,000. So good on the price yeah. in this. It's it's the it's the Core i7 that's not the real Core i7 it's the M4 yeah. i7. Um, but they they took the, everybody's favorite look Windows how happy laptop. Jake looks. Yeah, they took everybody's favorite Windows laptop and let you spin it around. Like uh, good job. And then Dell also put out the Latitude 5285, yes. which I'm just gonna say it, full on clone of the Surface Pro. Yes. 12.3 uh, inch display, 15 gigs of RAM, quiet processor. It's basically a Surface. So only 1080p processor, so it's not as good fine, as the Pro 4. Uh, 899 in yep. February, late February. So we were hanging out with Microsoft. Right. Uh, and we asked them. Like, we straight up asked Microsoft executives. Yeah, are you, like everyone's copying you. And their answer very directly was, no, this is what we want, right? We want to push the PC forward. They called it category creation. Mm -hmm. And we hope that these OEMs start copying from us. And they also told us that they're sharing some of the hardware technology. So they put out the Surface Studio, they invent some new hinges, maybe they're gonna share some of that stuff out in the world. Mm -hmm. Dell put out uh, yeah, a Surface a Studio thing. looking thing yeah. called the Canvas. Uh, it's basically, Microsoft is saying, okay, we're not immobile, we can push ahead on the PC, people still really like these. Yep. Interest in laptops at this show for us, just in a current coverage standpoint, through the roof. Yeah. People wanna know about laptops here. And Microsoft is saying, well, we're gonna invent a whole bunch of new kinds of laptop, and I hope that Lenovo, Dell, HP, just copy that stuff as fast as they can. So I'm really happy about the, like how, like Microsoft has quietly had one of the best years in tech. Mm -hmm. And this Surface strategy of let's show everybody else how to do it worked really well for them. Because I remember coming to CES three, four years ago, and we were all, you know, it was Windows 8. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but when Windows 8 came out, it was supposed to all be all about tablets. And so all of these PC makers started like making crazy form factors. And we were all excited to go see all the crazy form factors and they were all awful. Yeah. None of them worked. And it took until now, after Microsoft basically taught everybody how to make the damn things, that we're starting to see some really good PCs. Like yeah. Nick Stat wrote a piece, you should go read it, uh, that's like, it's like now is one of the best times to go out and buy a PC because yeah. like the processors are pretty good. Um, I wish they were better, but they're pretty good. And like the form factors are right. and. Uh, here's something that's interesting to know. The battery life yeah. is turning around. One of the big themes at CES this year is there are a bunch of laptops that said, you know what, we're not gonna try and make the thinnest damn thing on earth. We're just gonna make a good laptop and we're gonna let it be a little bit thicker and it's gonna have good battery life. So HP is like the, at the top of this list. They made a Spectre, a 15.6 inch laptop and they went from 15.9 millimeters to 17.8. So they just added a couple of millimeters yeah. and that gave them 23% more battery life. Yeah, like, and that's basically last year's MacBook. Right, yeah, so that's great. Uh, there's the LG Gram, and that battery life thing is a different We should get discussion. into that, that's like crazy. It's weird, and uh, yeah. I mean, they, they cheated they on cheated. battery life They said life we test. have a, an ancient sort of benchmark, so yeah, we have a better battery, and we're benching it on this old test. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just gonna read this headline that Vlad wrote. Yeah. Samsung found the courage to put a full-size HDMI port on its 13-inch Ultrabook. Yeah. Uh, so, whatever, it's peak Vlad. Anyway, hey. we could just rolled up on set. Look at that. Just doing whatever she wants. Am I on the camera? Uh, Joanna Stern is here. Bridge Thank founder, you for Wall Street me. Journal yeah. founder. It actually says on the rundown columnist, WSJ columnist. That's, yeah. that's what, do you what I'm the topic. That okay. I'm the topic that we're going to discuss right now. Tell me how you write your column. Um, no, don't tell me. I don't want to. <laughs> You know how Joanna writes I go to the verge. She, she texts me I text angry Eli. questions about this. <laughs> Is this a good idea? <laughs> and then uh, I give 2% of my salary to Neil. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good arrangement. I, mm -hmm. If you can line it up, I highly encourage it. Anyway, there's a reason you're here. Yeah. Uh, it's because there's a new Blackberry. Guys, I got a new phone. And I literally could not think of anyone who gets excited oh, about Blackberries. I get excited about Blackberries. What do you the think about my Jay new phone? The way Jay Stern gets excited me, about Blackberries. Let me turn wow. my phone to the audience. What do you guys think of my new phone? Looking uh, real good. It, yeah. Perfect. This is, this is a phone from 2017, not 2007. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's it's fair. a prototype. This is a prototype of the phone that is, that it's, it is a Blackberry, but it's yep. going to be the first phone that TCL puts out after acquiring the BlackBerry right, they license brand. the name. Right. They, yes. they, they have the exclusive license to make BlackBerry Yes, phones. it works too. So yeah, this is not final. They haven't announced the right. final name of it yet. Yeah. So it um, runs 
It runs Android. Android. It runs Android. It's and really, yeah. right? yep. And people who like are familiar with the Priv, which is the BlackBerry phone. Ah, the Priv. The, yeah. <laughs> right, a great uh, name. The great named BlackBerry Priv. It it looks and feels the same way. This the software thing, looks and feels wait, wait, the same. Can I just say it looks insane? You probably can't see it in the camera, but the antenna lines are gloss black. It's the USB-C port is lined in gloss black and has like a character line. It's got a curve on the bottom and it's flat across uh, the top on the I think, corners. I'm pretty sure this is a camera at the top and yeah, this is, is a, a proximity sensor. The back has like this carbon fiber weave. This phone is feeling itself like yeah, the it's, most it's, a phone don't can care. feel It's itself. having an identity crisis. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's totally comfortable But what is cool is actually they put the fingerprint sensor in the space bar. Yeah. This phone is I'm like a guy that, you know, who walks that's in the bar cool. with a funny hat and doesn't care what you think. Yeah, it's Dieter. That's Dieter. me. <laughs> it's Dieter Fedora. <laughs> no, not Fedora. <laughs> That, that's totally me. Uh, so you I have mean, been wanting a BlackBerry like, literally since the day I've met you. Um, since the day I met you, I had a BlackBerry. So actually, this is interesting. This is my 10th CES. Yeah. And Did I you was, get a ribbon? Congratulations. I got a ribbon. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I didn't get a ribbon. Is this like nine for you? No, it's not. It's 10. I think it's 10, too. Yeah? Anyway. But Did you not get a ribbon? I didn't get a ribbon. Can we get a ribbon? Yeah, what are we doing? We have a TV 12. show. Does this whole ribbon. staff no one has a ribbon? Anyway. Um, yeah, so I came to CES 10 years ago with a BlackBerry and a Vista notebook. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you were and you're leaving here with and a BlackBerry and a Vista notebook. With a BlackBerry, one of those new new PCs that Dieter was just talking about. Yeah. Totally awesome, but I'm putting Vista on it. Yeah. And um, and a stylus. Those are the three things yeah. I'm leaving with. But fingerprint sensor on the spacebar. I I miss the who it's doesn't cool. miss the physical yeah. keyboard? I mean, how I have. Who doesn't miss the physical keyboard I mean, that matters? She's, she's, she's looking at me because she <laughs> knows Sean that I'm running in from off stage. I mean, here's my take on the physical keyboard. I desperately miss physical keyboard. I feel like I am better and, and faster, more accurate on it. I know that's a lie, yeah. and that I'm not better, faster, and more accurate with it. But it just feels better. It, does it just feel better. makes you feel. I mean, like I think you're there's still work. that market of like people who live in DC. <laughs> who have a BlackBerry and iPhone, and like, I wish I could just have one phone. I was just talking to the wonderful makeup artist here, and she also wants a BlackBerry. Everybody, like, I was just talking to yeah. Kim Kardashian, and she also wants Kim a Kardashian BlackBerry. Kim Kardashian wants like she an old loves school Blackberries. classic. You were just talking to Kim Kardashian? No. What she said? She said anything about Kanye? She loves this Twitter show, she was saying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. She's tweeting yeah, right she, now. She's, she's tweeting about it, yeah. yeah. But this, uh, this is not BlackBerry, right? It's TCL. Right, right. and they, and they, are going to revive the brand. They, they're going to. They're going to put. They're going to make it happen. But BlackBerry yeah. supports. They're going to make BlackBerry so great phone. again. Is what I heard right. their their catchphrase. And that's your stern, everybody. No, but if the phone breaks, you go to TCL. But the soft, like there's software backend that BlackBerry does. Right. Yes, and they're like, still going to do the, the the security and privacy. I believe it's still. Yeah, all done. that. That's their that's their differentiating yeah. thing. Is like we just right. keep things. Like, safe this is a prototype. Yeah, so you can't yeah, judge about that. Yeah, and and so they're going to have all these details at Mobile World Congress next month. Right. Um, oh, the they say it's going to come to the yeah. U.S. and I, I assume it'll be unlocked and. Um, yeah. I think I think it's you know I think it's good news. They sell a bunch of phones. I'm, I mean, I'm, I will say it's the only. I can't exciting, say I'm definitely going to buy it, but it's I'm the only exciting phone at the show. Think I think the Huawei it. announcement was pretty interesting. Yeah, because they're doing Alexa. Alexa on their they're doing Alexa, and they're coming to the U.S. And they, I mean, Huawei makes some really good hardware. I think um, if more people in the U.S. know about Huawei, maybe they'll they'll do some more stuff and in the U.S. It starts with a booth here in Las Vegas and with, a press conference. And I got to say, this phone. I, it's, I'm I'm confident the video and pictures don't do this phone justice. You should go when it comes out. You should go find it and look at it. It <laughs> looks find it and crazy. Step on it. I love like, it. It's, it's yeah. so confident about the way it looks. Anyway, Joanna, what, 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 it's just, it's nuts. Like, we don't, you don't see film. I anymore. love it. Uh, anyway, that's Joanna Stern. We'll be back right after this with more Vergecast Live CS 2017. Hey, it's Ben Popper here at the Drone Rodeo CS 2017, and I'm wearing some AR glasses made by Epson. These augmented reality glasses are something they've had for about five years, but they didn't have a killer use case. Then drone pilots started picking them up. I can see what the drone sees, and I could see the world around me. So I can pilot and walk, keep my situational awareness. Plus, I look kind of cool. And we're back. Yeah. Guess who's here? Now, Paul, Paul Miller. Miller. <laughs> or as his badge misprint says, <laughs> Paul Millier. Millier. Just to make that name a little bit harder to pronounce. Just rubbing it in. Ashley Carmen's here. Yeah. Circuit I'm Breaker here. Crew representing. Here. I'm excited to play with some toys. So what, what, what's happening? Where what do you starting? got for us? Well, we got, we got all the cool toys. Yeah. Like I promised, <laughs> typing. And hugs. Yeah. But I think Ashley should go first. Yeah. Ashley's going so first. So I'm doing like e-ink today. That's my thing right now. That's your so moment. I have, first I'll show you guys this backpack. I showed what? you the text. 
Everyone can see this. It is a backpack that has an e-ink display in the front. Oh my God. And you can literally display whatever you want. Connects to your phone over Bluetooth. It's a backpack with a screen. It yeah. is a backpack with it's, a screen. But an e-ink screen, so it doesn't take a ton of battery. All right, it can last for 30 days without a charge. I hate that you still have to charge it, because like, you can't just like register your motion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, um, totally. Yeah. So I'm gonna show off. Track. I'm gonna take a little selfie. Oh hey, you feel uh, way better oh. selfie style than I do. I'm a professional. <laughs> <You're> professional millennial. <laughs> <audio. laughs> okay. Just just wait. It's gonna be great. Okay. Um, so we're gonna display it now. Hopefully uh -huh. this works. Oh Megan, you're in the background of this. It's a good selfie. You're like yeah. what? Oh my like oh <laughs> yeah. Don't do it, selfie. girl. Tomorrow on the Roche Live from Twitter. Selfie oh, works. with Ashley Megan. Whoa. Oh, hey, that's awesome. Oh my god. Oh and Megan. Wait wait. Let me see. Look at your face. There I am. Creeping. There I am. <laughs> yeah. That's so that's great. that is a thing. Would you guys wear your faces on a backpack? Sure. Yes. I mean, I mean how much does it cost to wear my face on a backpack? It starts at ninety nine dollars depending on the size of the screen and whether you get canvas or leather. Can you pull the screen out? Yeah, so I have one actually. This is under the table. Oh man, sorry guys. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, here wait. it is, uh, and it's a frozen why, display. Why is this just? Yeah, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, it's frozen. not frozen. It's <laughs> a display <laughs> frozen. line. The Disney movie Frozen. <laughs> no, it's a frozen. Doesn't display. weigh anything. Doesn't add any weight. It's basically just a gigantic Kindle. Yeah. Yeah. Can you put books on it? Can you like put text on it? You know. Maybe. Like, you know how like, <laughs> for years and years on the subway you would like advertise your interest by like having Oh a, man, a this is gonna turn into billboards, but isn't now it? Now it's like oh. you've got like, no. the first no. page of like the road. <laughs> 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 My personal brand. Just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> just follow me on Twitter. No. It's like a QR code for your Tinder profile. <laughs> oh my god. That's the worst. Wow. This is great. Uh, I love okay. this. $99. Dean had a great okay. idea where you take a picture of what's in front of you yeah. and then you're like see through. You become invisible. Uh, it's not as good of a joke as the frozen display joke. Yeah. <laughs> just to let you know. This is right. cool. Oh, uh, wait, what what right. black and white object do you have? For <laughs> this is remarkably similar. Um, it's called mnemonic. Okay. And it's a thermal printer. Okay. Uh, but prints sticky notes. All right. You can see there's right. a little bit of adhesive up here. So oh, no. you can just. Um, <laughs> Just keep printing. <laughs> it's not a problem to just keep printing. So it's a these thermal are, printer, right? So it's just it's, it's, black and white? But with really sticky fast. notes. Uh -huh. I will say also, it's a little too fast for this guy. <laughs> it's also got an app. Uh, I drew a nice smiley face. Uh, but you could also, you could, you could draw anything you want. Like you could draw like kick me, oh, for boy. instance. Something that someone could Paul wants write to, on a note. to bully people. Yeah, yeah Paul's like, 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 <laughs> I think with a thermal printer. I think the idea is that because it will like print like when it was printed and who printed it, and you can put like shopping lists really on or something like that. <laughs> um, I really don't. But same thing, we could do a selfie. How's art? <laughs> it's not, I don't know what Ashley, I just made it. Yeah, I think angle? our selfie game uh, is not quite as strong as Ashley, but we'll keep <laughs> we'll keep bad. practicing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is uh, about $120. It's gonna launch in like April or May. Yeah. Um, the paper is pretty cheap. It's like four bucks for two. You gotta buy the special notes. paper though, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, thermal, it's thermal paper, paper like. Paper, yeah. So it's like their, it's thermal paper with their sticky stuff on it. Yeah. Why do they say? Why, what's their pitch for it? Like, why do you need this in your life? I don't know. You guys ask so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, th I think I, I imagine again. this would be relatively either in the kitchen or kitchen adjacent. Oh, good. Oh, the photo of me says "kick me on it," just in case you're standing behind me and you want to know who you're bullying. And so you'd put your shopping list on here. You'd yeah. put some reminders. Stick them to the fridge. Stick them to whatever. Okay. All right. It's sticky notes. It. Wait, wait. What do you got? Okay, I gotta do another under table. Oh, reveal. it's so shiny. Oh, Spoiler it? alert, it's shiny. It's shiny. Here, okay. I'll get the backpack uh, out of your way. Thank yeah. you, Dater. Ah. All right, guys, I'll show it for you oh first. My God. What is that? Wow. What is happening? Show this to the camera. Once flashy. I put it down. I gotta say, going Hopefully from I'm not blinding anyone. thermal printer to <laughs> solid gold keyboard. We're really having a <laughs> real tone on the shift. Show, right? <laughs> yeah. So, what is this thing? Okay, so this is the FreeWrite, which is an older device that we've covered. It has a mechanical keyboard, an e ink screen, it's a distraction free typewriter. So, it connects over Wi Fi to the cloud. Okay. So, you're kind of using a computer in the sense of your work is saved, you have a backspace, but you don't have the internet to distract you. Right. And then for CES, they plated it in gold. 
course. Because it's a CES. Like, yes, what if you're going to go to the coffee shop with your steampunk typewriter, yeah, <laughs> it might as well be as flashy as possible. Yeah. And you can leave your copy of The Road sitting out right next to it <laughs> and your Tinder QR code on your backpack. Hey, this is for luxurious hipsters. If I, if I, yeah, okay. Do you guys um, want to try typing? I, yes. yes. I, know, do you uh, I, do. I know you guys are um, into the oh, keyboard. Oh, it's heavy. Yeah. I'm really into the keyboard. It's because it's, it's plated in gold. Peter, you're going to write that novel, buddy. This is right here, right now, get to work. <laughs> oh, man. There's a slight delay. How much is this thing? Is uh, gold is available for sale? No, oh, gold is just, cold. you know, yeah. a special item. Yeah. But it's expensive. It's $500. It's $500? Oh. It's $500. That's crazy. That's too much. Your novel's worth it, though. Yeah, imagine yeah, how rich you can Invest in yourself, Dieter. <laughs> oh my God. What's the last product? What do you got? All right, we got, I told you there'd be hugs. I told you there'd be typing. Yeah. Ashley came through. Yeah. <laughs> told you there'd be hugs. This looks, what is happening? What? <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Oh this is Perry Hug. Oh my God. They're not bears. I'm going to need you to move, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need you to leave. I guess I'm going to the hype desk now. Hello. Wow, super <laughs> Megan Mutiny on the show. What is this? I don't know. This is Perry Hug. The, the, this uh, wire is just for demonstration purposes here at the show. They're actually okay. going to be wireless. They'll connect over Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Uh-huh. And... It's for, for tele-intimacy. This is a new term that Addy and I coined. We're uh -huh. going to trademark it. Tele-intimacy. Like if, for example, if you were kicked off your chair and you feel really far away from your friends. <laughs> Neil, I wish I could hug you right now, but I'll just have to hug Perry. And then hug Megan. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? <laughs> what is, is this the hug feeling? Yeah, this is the feeling of hugs. Oh, so when you hug it, the other one vibrates. Yeah. Wait, hu hug me again. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, I, I never thought like hug being hugged hug would feel so much like being farted on. <laughs> what is it? Is it just like a vibration? Like a vi Hold on, we're gonna try it. <laughs> Wait, Paul's it hug sounds way deeper than yeah. Megan's. Well, I love is much deeper. Wait, what if, we, what if we hug at the same time? Okay, one, two, three, hug. They just explode. I'm feeling the hug. Oh my god. And it does it as long as you hug. And so the idea is like, you're like, away on business, yeah. and your your kid has one of these, you have one so, of these, and then you can like tell a hug them. Yeah. If I'm away in business, I'm not carrying this thing with me and my carry-out. I travel very efficiently. The Does it have like an app that I can like for, fake hug my for, kid? For bad parents, there is an app, and you could just push the, or, or if you forgot Perry or yeah. whatever, you can, there's an app, you can push a button oh, yeah. to tell a so hug. So you can pay your assistant to hug your This child. is like yeah, the most like, <laughs> sorry I could make it to your soccer game, but my yeah. assistant can hug you. Like, <laughs> it's yes. terrible. There was some debate, hot, hot debate earlier whether this is a bear or not. This is not a bear. It's not a bear. This is, this is like an aardvark. Here's the thing. Like Here's the thing. They told me this nose design. So when you cuddle with oh, see right nice. there. Right. Yeah. Hey, Neelai. Neelai. Twitter's great. How's Twitter yeah. going, I gotta say, eh? super hype over here, really connecting with the community. Got some great <laughs> tweets that I won't share with you. What? Because you kicked me out of my chair. <laughs> that sucks. I hope you enjoy hugging your robot. 75 bucks pre-orders soon, and then they're gonna crowdfund it. All right, All right well. we gotta take a break. I gotta fire Megan <laughs> for mutiny. Uh, we'll be back right after this. You need to buckle up for something that's gonna be a pretty rough ride. And I wanna tell you what you're in for in a segment that we're calling Let's Be Clear. If you've been paying attention to the news out of CES this year, you can't help but notice that Amazon's Alexa digital assistant is everywhere. It's in LG's refrigerators and Lenovo speakers. It's in neck buds and systems designed to help you watch your children. It's in Ford's cars and Huawei's phones. But as far ahead as Amazon seems, it doesn't yet own the entire market yet. Google's Assistant is showing up in TVs and watches and cars. And even though Apple famously sits CES out, you have to assume that Siri is waiting in the wings. Oh, and Microsoft isn't doing nothing either. Cortana is coming to cars and speakers too. So let's be clear. We are staring down the barrel of a good old fashioned knock down, drag out platform war. And the prize is nothing less than all of your personal data and a cut of everything that you buy and everything you ask about on the internet. The most important thing that happened to the internet in the past 15 years was Google. You could ask a question, and the internet would give you a bunch of answers. It's what we think of as the 10 blue links. You might not trust all of them, but you'd trust that one of them would be the right answer. But now, with these smart assistants, you only get one answer, and who determines that answer turns out to matter a lot. Say you're in your car. 
Do you talk to your Android phone that talks to Google? Or to your dashboard head unit that talks to Bing? Or maybe it talks to Amazon, who knows? Whatever it is, owning that one answer equals real power and real money for the company that provides it. So when you see that you can talk to a gadget now, it isn't just a neat add-on feature. It's a battle for the future of the internet. And yes, these platform wars are super annoying for consumers. But at least that competition is a little bit better than a single company just picking the answers for everybody. We'll be right back. We're back. Hey. You so we, we do this a lot. Yeah. Every week, in fact. Yeah. A little thing we call the Vergecast. Vergecast. We host it. Do you know how to host this podcast? You can find it on iTunes. Yeah. You should listen to it. It's. I would say it does not have quite the production value of this. Do you know I drink a lot more on the Vergecast? But yeah. we talk about tech every week. Yep. Uh, run down. Have some friends on. Yeah. iTunes. Go find it. It'll be there. Uh, speaking of things that people like from yeah. us, people love Casey Newton. Yeah. Uh, and we had to get more Casey on the show. So Casey and I ran around, CES unveiled, got in some trouble. Uh, Casey asked everybody a certain question that I'm dying to find the answer to. Oh, Let's man. check it out. It's like regret. You know, I have a recurring nightmare that I show up to CES and I'm not wearing any pants. And we found a man who's living it. I want you to meet Arthur Minard. Um, what are these boxers doing? The Spartan boxers are the boxers of, of the future, and they're high-tech boxers, which protects your manhood from cell phone and Wi-Fi radiation. You know what, I think this business takes a lot of balls, so I congratulate. <laughs> We're looking at a hovering selfie cam. It's basically a drone for selfies and bars. It's everything I've ever dreamed of. It takes the guesswork out of taking a selfie. Is it safe? Yeah, it's, okay. it's very safe. So when I launch it, um, it will just spin around and then try to find me. He loves him. Does he know him? I've heard a story that is a perfect CES story. An exhibitor of intelligent underpants was not allowed to be exhibiting, and so he got kicked out. Meanwhile, intrepid reporter Ben Popper of TheVerge.com has his own pair on, and he's just wandering around, and the guy who owns the pair is gone. He's literally an underpants bandit. Ben! ben. You stole the underpants, man. I'm, I'm trying to give them back, and they got kicked out. So you've just got illegal illegal pants? I've got electromagnetic pants, my friend. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Always an adventure at CES Unveiled Aiding and abetting a felony here at CES 2017. All right. Great. great. And we're back. <laughs> wow. Test pattern. I mean, I was saying. Take it aback. <laughs> <laughs> stole underpants. Like, I don't know what else to say. Casey Newton, everybody. Casey's here. Lord Lauren's good. here. How you guys doing? We're great. Yeah. We're here to bring some energy to the last segment of the show yeah. and give you guys the emotional support. What have you been doing all day? I've been talking to celebrities. <laughs> While you guys are here at your country club, some of us have been working for a living. Are we going to see some of this tomorrow? Did you just yes. hermit sip your tea? I did. Uh, <laughs> it's none of my business what you guys do here, but me, I work. So yeah, so tomorrow on the show, you'll see me interacting with a number of celebrities, asking them about the technology in their homes, yeah. and uh, posing for selfies. Can so. you give us a clue or a hint? Uh, uh, one of them was on television. Like real television mm -hmm. or Twitter mm -hmm. television? <laughs> yes, a non-live branded uh, Twitter as property. As you've been wandering the floor yeah. talking to famous people. And millennials. <laughs> the worst people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> two of my favorite you're, groups, yeah, celebrities and millennials. Uh, what have you been seeing? What's, what's like catching your eye? I saw you standing yep. outside a giant Amazon Echo. Yep, there's a giant Amazon Echo here, uh, which uh, you knock and can enter. And I, and I don't know what's inside, because they didn't let me in when I knocked. Do you um, just act as Alexa? Like, other people walk by and scream <laughs> no, at you? No, you know what the best yeah. thing is? Is that the tall Echo actually works as an Echo. It's like 14 feet tall, but when you open the door, there's just this tiny little dot inside Aww. of it that's powering it's doing the, the whole, whole thing. thing. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of nuts. It's amazing. But yeah, I mean, like, isn't that the whole theme of CES is just like put a tiny sensor in it and magic <laughs> happens, right? Yeah. I mean, like, yes, you know, what are we seeing? I mean, I think it's kind of a, a continuation of sensors and internet coming to everything. Anything that's already in your house now has smart in front of it. And of course, uh, of course, voice control just everywhere and everything now. So. Your beat for the past I don't know, year or so has been kind of the failure of the app economy. Yeah. Right. Are you seeing a, a, like a renewed interest in like make smart stuff instead of make iPhone apps? Yeah. Well, um, I think there are a lot of good reasons to make hardware or not apps, but at the same time, almost every piece of hardware that we're seeing has a companion app with it. Right. Every single person I've talked to today has pulled out their phone and said, "And see, we've added a gamification layer to the yeah. thermostat." 
um, which is deeply disturbing. Millennials love it, though. But the millennials <laughs> can't get a, away from it. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, smartphone apps uh, have their challenges, but if you're making smart hardware, you're probably going to have an app that goes along with it. Yeah, Lauren, what do you what do you see that's interesting you here? TVs. Just TVs. Yeah. Cathode ray. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, like you could see Sony doing it. And be like, you know what? Trinchon is great. Yeah. Uh, here's a 500 pound, oh, yeah. 70 inch TRT TV. Like last year, we saw the Kodak Super 8. Yeah. Let's bring back big butt TVs. <laughs> Let's just do it. Let's just have it. No, um, I think so. What Casey's saying, like a lot of it is about just. Uh, I hate using this phrase. I hate. I'm, the IoT. There it is. Yeah, the IoT. But it's true. Like you, you see, I've seen everything from like smart hairbrushes to smart high heels to smart underwear to the and and all those things like just happen to be clothing or things that you use, you know, close to the body, right? But it's this whole idea of taking stuff that was previously dumb, maybe didn't really need a Wi-Fi connection, but now all of a sudden has Wi-Fi capabilities. It's going to get to the point where I think like it's not even an announcement anymore that something has this package of sensors yeah. that can do this thing. Everything's just going to do it. You know, it's going to be very low power consumption. Things are going to last forever on like a single charge and yeah. it's just it's just going to happen to have Wi-Fi. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of that stuff and it's just Where's it all going to come together? And if the answer is only Alexa, that's that's not good. Yeah. Uh, well, there's always the fragmentation yeah. too. Yeah. But yeah. Let's Megan, hey. speaking of apps, uh, what's happening on that uh, Twitter account? That Twitter app. Um, so we have our poll results. So earlier okay. we asked you guys what will win in the end: uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, or actual reality. The answer is actual reality. Oh, there is hope for us all yet. Yeah. There is yeah, hope for us all yet. Uh, Casey, you played with some crazy HTC Vive stuff, right? right. Yeah. Okay. So I was in a mixed reality chamber today. What? Okay. Uh, when you I said, what have you been up to, and your answer was dismissing me, <laughs> you did answer, I was in a mixed reality. Fine. You I have to I, I, what a mixed reality I will now dismissively drink at you. Fair. What um, is a mixed reality chamber? So a mixed reality chamber is uh, essentially a green screen room uh -huh. where uh, I am wearing an HTC Vive headset, and uh -huh. I'm having the same experience that you would have if you were wearing an HTC Vive. Why does, it, why does the room need to be green screen if you can't see it because you're wearing a mixed reality or wearing be a VR headset? Because the mixed reality chamber is actually for other people. And what happens is, after I had my experience, which involved shooting a bunch of aliens, I was projected, uh, or, or rather the environment was projected onto the green screen, and then it created a movie. So for everyone watching, they could see exactly what I was seeing. So this has some interesting applications. You could, for example, make a trailer about the VR video game that you just made, or you could have a VR arcade and people could actually see what the player was seeing. So there's some kind of interesting commercial applications for it, uh, but you know, for me, it was just a good time shooting up some aliens. Yeah. Does that... Does that grab you? Is that the thing that's going to make you buy a Vive? Um, I actually think it might, right? Like, th there's a huge marketing challenge around VR, which is until somebody puts it on your head, you don't really understand what's remotely cool about it. Uh, a mixed reality chamber is a way of creating a visual that at least begins to tell that story. And I, uh, I mean, I've been excited for VR arcades, like, for years. Like, it's just been, like, a thing that I think will happen that I think will be really fun to do. And a mixed reality chamber is a good way of, of starting to uh, get toward arcades. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like what you're saying is just, in general, less isolating. The idea of people coming home and watching movies together but wearing a headset is so awful yeah. and like this dystopian future that, right, yeah. you did it with the uh, the glimpse or whatever it yeah. was called. Yeah, glyph. Yeah, the glyph. Yeah. And, um, and so like this merged and mixed thing we're hearing about actually means like you might be wearing a headset but you could stick your hand out in front of you and still see your physical hand. Yeah. Or in your case, the, the human beings around you can see what you're doing, which is like kind of cool. Yeah. You, you've done more augmented reality stuff. Like you've tried out HoloLens. There's a bunch of really oh, yeah, low rent augmented That's reality mixed. stuff. There's a bunch CES of low too. rent VR happening here. Yeah. But then on the component side, there's all the inside out tracking. Yep. You're seeing that stuff get better and better and better to place people in VR into real reality. I mean, I, we talk, when we go talk to the industry, everyone's making a bigger bet on AR than VR, it seems like, but the VR stuff is out there in the world. And also, right? Yeah, it seems like people yeah. are more comfortable in general with AR because they've already been using it on their phones for a long time, and Pokemon, like, yeah. Pokemon Go yeah. is probably the best expression of that. So, on the inside out tracking, it's funny because I was talking to Addie Rob Robertson from our team earlier today, and then Vlad wrote a piece for us, too, about their AR experience, their, uh, what is it called, those experiences, I, yeah. not being great yet. So we will have more on AR, VR, and a whole lot of other stuff, plus the best of CES plus tomorrow. Casey with celebrities. Casey with celebs. <laughs> you, uh, you should check it all out. Yeah, there's yeah. gonna be Legos. Yeah, Legos. Legos. Talk about Alexa. It's gonna be crazy. Uh, that's it, see you tomorrow. Bye.